This is Marginalia, a production of KMUW Wichita. Marginalia. Notes in the margin of a book. Notes, commentary, and similar material Marginalia written in the margin of a book. Comments and notes that which are, are incidental, incidental or additional to the main topic. The main topic in the margin of a book. Fiona and Jane is a collection of stories that follows the evolving friendship of two Taiwanese-American women over the course of two decades. Although the book is written by a Taiwanese-American woman, Jean Chen Ho, the stories are not autobiographical. The book is not a novel. The topics are serious and the dialogue humorous, and the reading experience is lovely. I spoke with Jean Chen Ho about Fiona and Jane on Publication Day. I'm Beth Golay, this is Marginalia, and here's our conversation. We are visiting on Publication Day, so congratulations. Thank you. Since this book is brand new, can you offer our listeners a, a brief introduction to Fiona and Jane, you know, either the characters or the book? Yeah, thanks. Um, it's great to be here on Publication Day. I'm so excited. <laughs> thanks for having me. So Fiona and Jane is a link short story collection. I've been told that it reads like a novel, but I keep insisting that it is a link short story collection because I worked really hard on these individual stories. It's a book about two Taiwanese American women who are best friends. Their names are Fiona and Jane, as you can guess. And the book spans stories over 20 years of their friendship from their teenage years into their 20s and 30s and how each of them explores identity, sexuality, family secrets, mental health, romance, um, and how they remain in each other's lives throughout all of that time. So talk to me about this structure, because they are linked stories. They skip years. They focus on periodic moments in Fiona and Jane's lives. They don't necessarily follow a chronological timeline. I saw where some of these stories have appeared individually in different publications. So talk to me about this conceit, the idea behind this collection of focusing on these two characters for every story. Yeah, that's a great question. So when I started writing this book, I didn't know that I was writing a book. I was just writing individual short stories. So when these two women appeared in a story together, that was the first time that I felt like, gosh, even though I had finished this story, I wanted to know more about their lives. And so in a very organic way, I started writing stories about Fiona individually and then stories about Jane individually, because I wanted to find out about their families. I wanted to find out who they were outside of each other. And so for whatever reason, the Jane stories came out in first person, because I think I just liked sort of her spiky attitude and her voice. And as I was getting to know Fiona, I wrote those stories in third person. You know, as I built the collection story by story, I got to know each woman in her individual life, but I also really interestingly got to see how she viewed her best friend. And so it was a really wonderful way of getting to know these two characters. I want to talk about perspective for a minute because it can be interesting because Fiona's stories are told in third person. So we're initially introduced to the reader and we form an opinion about her. But then like in the next story, we're seeing Fiona through, you know, in the first person through Jane's eyes. And she, like, she didn't fit the mold that I had originally envisioned for her. So did anything surprise you when you looked at one character through another's eyes? Yeah. I mean, 
I think one of the themes I wanted to explore in this book and delve into with friendship is how much we define ourselves against our friends' expectations and how much we're able to allow ourselves to change or allow the people we love most to change over time instead of just seeing them as the people they used to be when we knew them, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And so because these stories do span two decades, you get to see these two characters grow up and you get to see them struggle against new identities that they take on or shed and how that can sort of rub up against their friendship. Um, So to answer your question, I think there were lots of things that surprised me about what happens in this friendship. I mean, I didn't expect the girls to have a long estrangement when Fiona moves to New York. And as I was writing these stories when Fiona was living in New York and sort of having all of these romantic and professional failures, that was also a really big surprise. And maybe that's what you're alluding to in your reading is that um, as teenagers, Fiona was the one who was so confident she was the leader in their friendship. So when she moves back to LA after 10 years in New York, she really has to find her footing again. And it's really strange for Jane, who'd always known Fiona as the ambitious one to see her best friend in this new light. And I think I was also surprised, like when we meet Fiona, we meet her as Ona, and she hasn't moved to the United States yet. And I mean, we had met her just in mention, maybe in the first chapter when it was when it was Jane's perspective. But then this, I think it was like the third story starts with Fiona decided when we turned 16, we were going to get drunk or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 surely she means Jane. I mean, it just really kind of surprised me to, it, it was a pleasant surprise to see that, you know, how we see ourselves might not be how others see us. But I want to ask a little bit more, just one more question about structure. Mm-hmm. Are there more stories about Fiona and Jane that didn't make the book? I mean, how did you decide what did make the book and how they were ordered? Ooh, that's such a sticky question. <laughs> um, yeah, there were a couple stories that I tried to write that didn't go into the book because for whatever reason, they just failed. And I also have a couple of stories about other characters in this universe that didn't make it in the book because structurally it just worked so wonderful having the two voices alternating. For example, I have a story from the point of view of Fiona's younger brother. And in that story, you get to see how he views Fiona differently from Jane does. So I don't know, maybe I'll continue working on those stories and exploring other parts of this universe through other characters. So Fiona and Jane, it's a serious book, and and one of the topics you address is mental health. The weight of depression, the struggle of abandonment, post-traumatic stress disorder, they, they lurk in the background and sometimes in the foreground of the book. Can you talk to me about, um, can you talk about why mental illness is meaningful to you and how you decided to address it? Yeah. Um... Yes, thank you for asking me that question. When I was writing this book, um, you know, it wasn't like I had certain themes that I wanted to get into the book. Um, Like I had an agenda for topics that I wanted to address, you know, but as I was writing and getting to know these characters, I noticed that this issue of mental health kept popping up in these subterranean ways 
for example, Jane is grieving her father's death for a long time, but it comes out in much of her 20s as anger because she's really in denial. She's repressing the grief that she hasn't processed about being estranged from her father and that he took his own life. And then, of course, uh, you mentioned other characters in the book. Uh, there's a character who suffers from PTSD. And then there's uh, the father, Jane's father, who commits suicide and has a long history of depression. So I wanted to, to you know, address these issues with my characters, not as issues than capital I, but to have them as part of the story along with everything else that these characters are dealing with in a really human and compassionate way. And I think that mental health in the Asian American community isn't something that we always get to talk about. It's really important to me just in my life to have been on my own mental health journey, finding a therapist who I could trust and learning the process of going through therapy. So I think that what's made a huge difference for me is that I have found an Asian American therapist who can really speak to my experiences. Of course, she can't know everything, but I think we have a bit more of a common ground. And having that has really helped me, you know, uncover parts of myself that I was really afraid of uncovering. So I think that it's really important especially in this ongoing pandemic, I'd say, to find ways to not feel so isolated and alone. There are a few um, a few different examples of queerness throughout the book. Jane's father, who comes out as, you know, at an older age. Juan, who comes out in high school. And Jane, who is bisexual, but maybe doesn't fully understand her sexuality until after high school. Was it important to you to include queer characters at very different stages in life? Wow. This, that's a great question. <laughs> um, was it important for me to include queer characters at different stages in their life? Yeah, but again, just like, you know, we were just speaking about mental health. Um, I don't think I did it in such a conscious way. It was just a way of organically getting to know these characters and I think that what's more important to me is to get to really look carefully at these characters and let them speak to me. And when I found out that each of those characters that you named were going through, you know, their own journeys with sexuality, Jane's father, Jane herself, and her friend Juan, I, I, I felt that that was a reflection of the world that I live in, which is Asian American and is queer. And to me, that's a beautiful thing. So the stories cover serious issues, but there's an underlying humor throughout. I had a throw my head back laughing moment when Jane was yelling for Ed outside of his apartment and said, <laughs> I was so drunk by then, I'd forgotten I'd only called him Ed behind his back. Um, <laughs> I probably won't include that because I'm laughing so hard. So, um, you know, you have you have all of the seriousness mixed in with, you know, humor mixed with all of the ugly truths of life. And I know this is fiction, but it felt more truthful than a lot of nonfiction I've read. Was that a conscious effort? I mean, you get to decide what happens to your characters 
for the most part, did you ever have to pull back the reins and say, whoa, 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 I can't let you be too happy or content? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I definitely had moments (laughs) where as I was writing, I said, oh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't let you have a happy ending. Sorry. Um, I had to keep throwing difficulties and challenges for my, in my character's ways so that um, I can see how they'd react. So um, thank you for saying that my book is funny. That makes me feel (laughs) so happy um, because, uh, you know, uh, some of my friends who I adore when they were early readers of the book and they said, oh my gosh, your book made me cry. And that was very moving, but um, I definitely want readers to, to come away from Fiona and Jane with a bit of levity as well. So yes, there are serious issues. There is a lot of uh, conflict in the book, but I hope that people get a little chuckle out of it like you did. In a conversation I read, you had been asked about the push and pull of home and your relationship with Taiwan, where you were born and lived before you moved to California with your parents when you were eight. And I was struck by your statement about the language of your maternal family. You said, when I hear my mother speak it now, her words make up a familiar song whose tune I cannot sing. There's a melancholy that comes with the loss of your first language, the language you spoke with your grandparents. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Um, so English is not my first language, of course. Uh, I grew up in Taiwan and my father's side of the family spoke Mandarin Chinese and my mother's side of the family spoke Taiwanese Hokkien. So I grew up speaking both languages to communicate and Mandarin Chinese was sort of the official language of the outside world. So, you know, if you had to conduct business and going to school, you would be speaking Mandarin Chinese. So my parents spoke Mandarin Chinese to each other. So that language is the one that I still have conversational ability in now, but the Taiwanese part of it sort of just got lost after we came over to the US because my parents didn't speak it to each other and my mom didn't speak it to me. And so the only time I get to hear it now is when I hear my mom talking on the phone sometimes and she'll switch between Mandarin Chinese and Taiwanese when she's talking to my aunties. And there is such a feeling of melancholy that I get because of course, when they're talking on the phone, they're always laughing and telling jokes. And I wish I could understand what they're saying because it just sounds so joyful and it reminds me of my childhood. But there is still a familiarity there just because the rhythms and the intonations are so comforting to me, just in this sort of primordial way. Did you find the writing of Fiona and Jane empowering to you? Empowering? Hmm. At times. And then at other times, it was completely debilitating and difficult, and I hated it. Um, It took me about five years to write this book and each of these, there's 10 stories in the book and without exaggeration, I think I rewrote each story at least 25, 30, 40 times over the course of this entire process. So all of these stories and their published forms are totally different from the first drafts I ever set on the page. So 
now that I'm finally here, it's January 4th, my publication day, I do feel really excited and empowered. But I also want to keep it real and say it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Um, there were <laughs> definitely a lot of difficult days. Is there anything you want to talk about regarding Fiona and Jane or anything else that I haven't asked? No, I don't think so. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for asking me such like difficult questions, actually. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I'm glad for no, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> it was great. Thank you so much. Well, enjoy your publication day. Congratulations. Thank you, Beth. Take care. That was Jean Chen Ho, author of the book, Fiona and Jane, which was published by Viking. Thanks for joining us for Marginalia. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. Marginalia was produced at KMUW Wichita. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Our editor is Luann Stevens, and our producer is Haley Krausen. This is Marginalia, and for KMUW, I'm Beth Golay.